It's American country music by way of the Netherlands. Can the Dutch capture that Mississippi Delta sound? Find out next on One Dollar Vinyl. Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl, the podcast where two millennial cheapskates discover the forgotten music of the past. My name is Tess and joining me once again is my co-host Kat. Hello. Hola, Kat. Hi. Oh, I, just, I said I preempted your hello. I do apologize. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I'll be preempted at a hello any day of the week. Okay. <laughs> How have you been? Julie noted. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty good. Just uh, um, looking forward to potentially having a little bit more freedom soon. Yes. So Our lockdown yeah. yeah, restrictions in Greater Sydney are starting to ease as of tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. And that's good news for everybody. What have you been looking forward to, Kat? Uh, I've been looking forward to just essentially seeing people. Seeing people who yeah. aren't my, like, husband and dogs. As much as I love yeah. them. Uh, just, yeah, just, you know, variety I, is the spice of life. We've talked about this before, that your dogs aren't people. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like I can't wait to see other people like my brother's dog yeah zooming with your brother's dog just isn't quite the same is it? <laughs> it's just not <laughs> he's never looking at the camera it's just awful yeah I am very much looking forward to also seeing people um and leaving the house also looking forward to um going back to the gym as much as I don't really like the gym I you know I don't like being fat and lazy even more so yeah yeah have you been doing any home workouts i have multiple like f- i've had multiple false starts so i bought like the, yeah, I can the switch version of like the fitness thing and like a, a home boxer size thing uh but yeah. no luck with any of them what about you it's hard to stay motivated i found a good thing actually and this oh, is yeah? kind of potentially relevant to listeners of this podcast i found um a streaming service it's a you pay for an on-demand streaming service mm. um, by a gym chain, uh, a British gym chain um, called Frame. And this okay. is like Frame On Demand. And mm. they do retro 80s aerobics workouts. Oh, what? And like, they like have Jane Fonda style? Yeah, Jane Fonda style. Oh. Um, there actually is a Jane Fonda one. And then there's heaps oh. of other ones that are just all various different um, kinds of workouts i mean they're all aerobics but they're all to like really good 80s music so you know your van halen your pointer sisters your wham all that sort of stuff and it's just like that stuff keeps me motivated oh music yeah keeps me motivated and it's really fun and they have things like disco yoga and stuff they're really good at like thinking of yeah just like that's a creative ways to do it that isn't just someone you know kind of shouting at you with some sort of really boring techno in the background wait what yoga that's you've been going to the no, wrong yoga. yoga class <laughs> i just mean <laughs> oh. <laughs> can you imagine just <laughs> downward dog mother yeah <laughs> so yeah so that's that's a good one it's frame on demand um if you like your 80s music to work just out just fyi and... this is not an ad this is just we're not getting paid for it, it sounds absolutely like absolutely not paid, no. not. yeah and if you're interested in um another recommendation i'd like to make is just talking about jane fonda there's a really good pair of podcast episodes on mm-hmm. slate's decodering podcast oh yeah all I about to that. jane yeah the jane fonda workout and ah. there's a really compelling story about so um jane fonda 
didn't invent that workout, but she did get all the credit and all the money for it. Oh, right. Um, she actually developed it with uh, another woman who fell by the wayside in the development of it. And I can see your eyes lighting up because it's it's very it's much the, like it's the plot physical. of physical. It's the physical yeah. plot, yeah. <laughs> the, the Apple Plus uh, TV show, which is another great show. It is a good show. So we're all on the recommendations today. Ah, yeah, get amongst it. Okay, so I've actually got another thing uh, to update. And this is a first for me in the time of recording this podcast. I have actually, for the first time, gone back to a record after we've reviewed it and list- like researched it and listened to it voluntarily free of my own will <laughs> again. Wow, really? In the week after, yeah. It's stuck with me. And it's oh. I just um, – I the other day it was like a really sunny afternoon – and I made me and Ed some cocktails, which I never do. We had some booze to use up in the cupboard. <laughs> and it just felt like a very, like, sunny afternoon tropical thing to do. And I said, you know what I'm going to listen to? I'm going to listen to Key so- Largo by Bertie Higgins. <laughs> and, like, did it really complete your experience? It did. It did. Oh, I felt like I was what a treat. on a tropical island. You know, almost. <laughs> Sipping, sipping cocktails. So, Kat, something else that we need to talk about with Bernie yeah. Higgins yes. is um, last week you brought up the fact that he is a sir. He's been knighted. Yes. And I was very dubious. Yes, about... I was also sceptical. It was on his website. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I did find an article, um, just a little update on that, because I just I had to look. I, I couldn't. I couldn't just let that one go. <laughs> um, I found an article um, in the Tampa Bay Times, Tampa Bay Times, Okey-dokey. about when he did get uh, knighted, which was in 2016. It said, yes, in fact, he wasn't knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in the the um, Order of the British Empire, which is okay. the standard, you know, people, celebrities getting knighted like Paul McCartney, Elton John, mm-hmm. Helen Mirren. Not not the same deal. So he was knighted in the Imperial Order of Culture and Peace. Oh, that um, that one that that order that everyone's yes. heard of. Yeah, which apparently the only evidence, the only information that they could find about the order existing online was a Facebook page created oh, in March official. of two thousand and sixteen. <laughs> apparently, it was instated the very um, day he was knighted. <laughs> <laughs> Instated in February of 2016, according to bizstats.com, uh-huh. and it lists Chinese businessman Lin J. Chow, and I'm not even kidding, Xanadu. His <laughs> name is Chow Xanadu. Um, he's 34 years old. He is the director of that Imperial Order of Culture and Peace, and he resides in Sweden. And that's the only information that the Tampa Bay Times could find out. Um, so... I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, I think I do like... know. Totally <laughs> fraudulent. Like when you like get a certificate online for becoming a, you know, like a priest of some <laughs> yeah, that's made true. up religion so you can marry your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that actually makes me feel a little bit happier about being like a a person in the world. A skeptic of it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, the fact that Bernie Higgins is in fact not a knight. <laughs> Look, Sir Bertie Higgins, um, you know, uh, respect where respect is due, Can, but maybe, I don't know maybe, if I'm buying the knighthood. <laughs> maybe it's Sir Bertie Higgins, but Sir is spelt S-E-R. Like, <laughs> Sir. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <CR>. actually <laughs> so pleased that you did a bit of digging because that makes me, um, yeah, just, just feel a bit happier about the world. Thank it's you, quite Jess. a delightful little factoid. <laughs> Anyways, should we move on to the record this week? Yes, please. Tell me, tell me what you got. Today we have a record by a band called Pussycat, and the record is called First of All, and it's from 1976. Ooh, and where did it come from? So this was obtained um, actually by my mum. Um, she got it for us. She saw it at the Vintage Hall Cafe in Glen Rowan in Victoria. She was Aww. on a little uh, grey nomad caravan trip and she saw the cover of it and immediately thought it would be great for our podcast. <laughs> and she was right. <laughs> yeah. it's Good one, great. Tess's mum. Good looking out. That's awesome. How much did it set your mum back? Five bucks. Ooh, okay. And what's it worth on Discogs? Uh, on Discogs, it's, unfortunately, it's worth $3. Oh, okay. So. Um, $3.06. Uh, oh, um, oh, good to be precise. You know, yes. I'm counting it as my win because I didn't pay for it. If you wanted to, could you listen to this album online? Yeah, you can. Um, the version on Spotify is slightly different because it's a slightly later release. Um, there's ah. additional tracks. But, okay. yeah, you can listen to every track that's on this album that we're listening to. You can listen to it on Spotify. Okay, great. Can you show me the cover? Let's Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's have a look. All right, so here they are. Um, first impressions, I'm going to say that they looked very much to me like a seven-person ABBA tribute band. Oh, yes, um, exactly. <laughs> so there's three women and four men on the front. Um, everyone has very long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and the women are wearing white uh, satin jumpsuits with lots of scarves and frilly bits sort of all everywhere. And the men are in matching suits as well, two of them in white and two of them in navy blue. And I must add that uh, out of those uh, are there four suits, um, zero of them fit correctly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're all a little bit, the buttons are straining and the sleeves are all a little bit short. <laughs> but it's very, it's fantastically 70s. There's handlebar mustaches, there's blue eyeshadow, there's eyebrows just plucked to oblivion. And I'd say definitely some home haircuts here as well. <laughs> and they're standing in like a thick layer of fog. The fog machine is like going overdrive. Yeah, they've turned that up to 11. It's yeah, all like right. obscuring their feet. And in the background, we've got some very artistically ruched blue, shiny blue plastic, like a tarpaulin. It looks exactly like a tarp that's just been <laughs> like put like tied together in random spots by rubber bands. Because yeah. I guess that's like... A, f- a flat top? No, 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 no. That would be a terrible background. Let's get some rubber bands in random yeah, spots. Yeah, some texture happening here. That's, yeah. that's it all, to classy. me, it looks suspiciously hosed downable. Oh, um, gross. Like, <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> I'm thinking like kind of homemade sex dungeon, maybe? Mm, <laughs> or like a Dexter situation? <laughs> that's why they're covering the floor with that fog. <laughs> Up top, we've got the, the title, Pussycat. Um... And do you want to tell me what you can see there, Kat? I can see in every letter um, a silhouette of a cat in a different pose. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And Which uh, one's your favourite? Uh, certainly the one that is licking its own bum. <laughs> it's a nice addition. Because <laughs> it's like, it might not be bougie, but it is accurate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, we, we always strive for, for truth in art. And um, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> and here it is. Cat licking its own bum hole. Um, I think uh, despite that, I think that the band, the name of the band Pussycat, um, we're talking Pussycat like um, 
in the way that Austin Powers would use it, right? Like it's it's about oh, yeah. a sexy Absolutely. person. And and a uh, little known fact, fun fact, uh, the this band Pussycat was actually the inspiration behind uh, the pussy the Pussycat dolls from the two thousands. Wait a minute. No, it's not. Is that true? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, the absolute opposite. <laughs> Are they still around? I uh, sincerely hope not. Look, credit credit for this goes to um, the photographer who whose name is Claude Van Eye, Van High, um, and he was actually like a pretty accomplished photographer, rock and roll photographer. Right. He has photographed Zappa. Frank Zappa, oh. John Lennon, Michael Jackson, oh. like some pretty big names. His work's been on the cover of albums for the Rolling Stones and George Benson. Oh, yeah. Hashtag George Benson's 2020, 2020. vision for the year 2020. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, deep dive. Yeah. Um, completely irrelevant now because we yeah. skipped over that year entirely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Blondie and Tom Waits. So... Um, I'm gonna go. Out, I'm just gonna put it out there and say maybe this album is not his finest work. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, agree with you there. I like on the back cover that we next to every person, it's their their name is printed, so you can uh-huh. sort of sort them out like they're Pokemon's or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, also down the bottom, quite a gorgeous edition that you just don't get anymore is the address of a fan club that you can write to. <gasps> which, if you're interested, um, you know, may not still be in action. But uh, Aww, it's, Don't kill it's my dreams like that, Tess. Kennedy Lan 46, Uzquirt. <laughs> and there's a telephone number too, 05950 Someone call that and tell us what happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we will um, <laughs> really appreciate that because <laughs> we're not going to do it. No. (laughs) All right. So listen, let's take a little break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about who are these pussy cats and what are they doing here? Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl. Pussycat, the band cat that we're about to explore, mm-hmm. um, a Dutch band that have had some massive, massive international hits, but they are not the only successful Dutch music exports um, mm-hmm. that we have enjoyed in the English-speaking world. Um, among others that you may recognise are Two Unlimited No Limits. They got a shocking blue Venus. They were from the Netherlands. Oh, yeah. She's got it. Yeah, baby, she's got it. Well, I'm your and the song we just heard, 
which is Veda Abraham, and the song is called Smurf and Lied. Um, and Kat, what did you think of that? <laughs> uh, like, it was really something. Like, I never knew that I wanted to watch a Gandalf lookalike dancing around with a hundred Smurfs, but here we are. I really must recommend, like, go to our show notes and actually watch the video because it is something else. It's the fever dream you need right now. <laughs> so so Vader Abraham, his signature look is he's got, like, a super long white beard and a, a bowler hat. And he's wearing a beautiful three-piece maroon suit. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he is in the middle of a kind of a dark screen with these sort of disco lights flashing up behind him with these sort of horrifying rubbery Smurf puppets dancing around that are all sort of the size of a two-year-old child. And then they've put this like kaleidoscope effect on top of it just to, just to make it a little bit, you know, less comfortable for everyone. (laughs) So that single sold 400,000 copies and on the success of that, what? a full Smurfs album was then created, all about the Smurfs from this guy, um, which what? sold 500,000 copies. Yeah. Oh, my God. The album was released in several dozen countries in France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Spain, and Sweden. Um, it was released in various different languages. Um, the album and- scored a number one hit in 16 countries. What? Um, and, and after that, so then he kept releasing other Smurf Smurf themed albums <laughs> yeah. um, in various languages and countries. All in all, his Smurf works have sold around 17 million copies. I, I literally and genuinely cannot believe that. Just that a is massive so disgusting. cultural phenomenon that I yeah, had no connection from, to from, um, until now. Like what general year? Like 60s? This was nineteen seventy seven. 70s. So this is actually like a year year after Pussycat. Oh my god! Okay, so Pussycat are doing quite well internationally, and then Mm. Vader Abraham here he comes and just (laughs) blows them out of the water with this weird Smurf song. And if you're wondering what that song is about, so you can hear him singing back and forth. Wait, it's about something. Smurfs and basically he's asking them various questions about being a Smurf. And the Smurfs oh. are answering him. And so the, the They're just saying it's Smurf-tastic over and over Pretty again. much, yeah. yeah. They're saying, um, so they are small, he is big. Yes, they do like to dance. Um, and yes, they leave their hats on when they go to bed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gross. Um, everything you want to know about being a Smurf. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is one so of my that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> see, I guess I must be quite naive. I thought that that kind of, like, shameless gimmick was like like invented and kind of stayed within the 90s like and, and like maybe early 2000s with things like the hamster dance and yeah. you know like the frog um yeah um crazy frog fro- cra- crazy frog yeah that they then mobile phone ads and that was just on tv forever <laughs> yeah it was yeah not not a good time but, yeah uh, no i think i think um you'd be surprised to note that um shit novelty music has been around for a very long time <laughs> yeah and um yeah i'm not i'm not gladdened by that knowledge so so maybe let's move on to let's uh, move on to pussycat <laughs> pussycat well so let's talk about who who pussycat oh, are yeah. first um mm. so 
they are a group led by three sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, their names are Tony, Marianne, and Betty Kowalczyk. They're known as the Kowalczyk sisters. And then, mm-hmm. of course, by the time this album's recorded, they're all married and they've got um, different names, but they're still referred to as the Kowalczyk sisters. They actually started out um, singing as children together. Mm-hmm. They were encouraged by so Tony's father and Marianne and Betty's stepfather. Um, on Wikipedia, it says that he served in the U.S. Army and then immigrated to the Netherlands. So I'm guessing that he's American, but it didn't oh, actually say okay. that he was an American national. But he bought them all guitars for the Festival of Sinterklaas, which mm-hmm. I really enjoy saying. <laughs> <laughs> and and he employed them a tutor. Um, so they started singing as kids as the Singing Sisters, singing Dutch pop songs. Ooh, um, you know, they sound like the um, the Dutch music equivalent of the... Uh, Williams sisters playing tennis, <laughs> brought up from an early oh, yeah. age with a yeah guitar with a, slash with tennis a father encouraging in, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> okay, hot take. Yeah, <laughs> they had these beautiful um, close harmonies, which you'll hear when we play the mm. record. And they would sing Bee Gees and Motown songs, and they had such a beautiful close harmony that they were often referred to as the Dutch Bee Gees. That was one of their their band names, the the Bee Gees from Holland. Like they, yeah, that's they right. Were, yeah. F- first, their band name was the Singing Sisters, and then they were yeah. from the Bee Gees from Holland, and then they were called Sweet Reaction. Yeah. So this is um after. So they meet. They have this very fortuitous meeting with the the guitar tutor that their father organizes for them. It's a guy whose name is Werner Tunison. Tunison. Mm-hmm. And Did I you think say- that's. Well, it's but like it's that's an incredible T- name. T-H-U-I. That's but that's an incredible name for like someone who's really good at guitar, like a, like a tuner. Oh, like so true. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fitting. Tune, tuny son. Tune, the son uh, of a tuner. <laughs> Look, I don't even know if that's. I, I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. I think I've heard someone say that. Um, okay, cool. But it is spelt with a th. Um, but I'm not Dutch, so mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, no responsibility on my part. <laughs> um, so he ends up writing all of their songs. Oh, right. He he is instrumental in forming their band. Um, he recruits Theo Wetzels and Theo Cummins. They're all called Theo um, from the band called Scum. They also get <laughs> they also um, recruit a guy named Lou Willie who ends up marrying, or I think they're probably already married, Tony Willie, who is the lead singer. Oh, yeah. He's from a band called Ricky Rendell and His Centurions, which is a great name. <laughs> That's a great and, name. And, um, yeah, all together uh, with a few other people, they end up being known as Sweet Reaction. They start trying to release songs as Sweet Reaction. It's not working out so well. Mm-hmm. Then they rebrand as Pussycat. Okay. Huh. I actually think Sweet Reaction is maybe a stronger name than Pussycat. Yeah, honestly, I don't think either of them are great. But no, you know, no, as yeah. we've sort of relative. Before, all band names are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, should we jump in and have a listen? Yes, please. Okay, so I'm going to start with a track um, that is number one on this album, um, and it's called Georgie. Yeah. What is the instrument that is making that like 
boing sound? That weird spacey Boring. bass sound? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Because I, I was like trying to listen. Uh, my to first guess would be a synthesizer, but my second guess would be maybe some sort of um, like effects pedal that the bass yeah. is put through. Okay. Either way, I like it. Do you? I think it's like, it's got this like lovely string section that like is just there and like nice delicate guitar and just like boing. <laughs> I think it's flat out hilarious. I think it, yeah, it's completely incongruous with the rest of the song. But um, I'm on team weird spacey bass. <laughs> Anyways, this song is, it's about a love affair um, that is maybe getting a little bit stale for the, for the protagonists of the song. Um, it compares their love with a favourite record um, that has had maybe one too many spins. People are getting bored of it. But she knows that one day her lover will rediscover the record and their love and put it on and remember just how much he loves the song and her. Mm, bit desperate. That's my, that's my take from it. Yeah. Be your own woman. Don't, don't wait for no man to add value to your life. Yeah, she is saying uh, sort of um, when you... Put it on, I'll be here waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, you're right. Go do your own thing. Anyway, um, she's, uh, so this is Tony Willie is the lead singer and I really, I'm a big fan of her voice. Yeah, I was actually just about to say she's got a quite lovely voice. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, frequently backed up so nicely with like nice tight harmonies uh, by her sisters. Yeah, the harmonies are great throughout the record. Mm. It's got a weird speak, spooky ending there too. I'm not really sure what that's all about. Oh, the it just comes in on this like, like minor note. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're right. Sounds just, almost like it's like going into a horror film. Like na 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 na. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we love a dramatic ending. Um, mm. Yeah, the harmonies are great throughout. Mm. Uh, it's definitely the ace up their sleeves. Um, it really is what pulls the whole record together. But her voice in particular, I find it's really. Um, it's quite expressive and it feels mm. like really honest. It doesn't, it's, it's like technically very good, but it, it doesn't feel polished. It feels quite real. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. The thing that I, I have noted throughout this record is that the lyrics are all just Not a quite little right. bit off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's due to them being written by someone writing in their second language. Yeah, I agree. They remind me of uh, like, Max Martinisms, you know what I mean? Oh, so you're like, gonna have to explain that to me. Yeah, yeah. So Max Martin is like a guy who wrote like most of the hits of the '90s. He's Swedish, so he wrote "Hit Me Baby One More Time" by Britney Spears. Oh yes. Um, which it might not be widely known, but what that is intending to be is "Hit Me Up, Baby," like right. "Call Me." Yeah, so, like, Britney wasn't, you know, actually singing about, like, domestic violence, which is what it sounds like. Yeah, there was chatter about that at the time, I remember. People were just going, is that what she's talking about? Surely not. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I read somewhere that, um, uh, I think it was TLC, actually had first dibs on that song, but they were like, no, I'm not going to sing that, um, because it sounds bad. Oh, yeah. He also wrote a song uh, by J-Lo, which which is called First Love, and uh, the first line is... See, I know a little bit something good always comes out of a little bit something bad. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, and there's another <laughs> another one by the Backstreet Boys that he wrote. Um, Sadness is beautiful. Loneliness is tragical. Wow, and they just like they they didn't think yeah. to change it for an English speaking market. Well, so supposedly he he's even written like a much more modern song. Um, uh, one for Ariana Grande, who I can't I can't even remember what the um song is called. But uh, the lyric is, now that I've become who I really are, <laughs> and in the same song, I only want to die alive. And supposedly Ariana Grande was like, no, I don't want to sing this. It's like grammatically incorrect and yeah. doesn't make any sense. And he's just like, eh, forget about it. Like, no one actually listens to the lyrics. Just sing it. Just sing it. And then, But and it's so, so easy to change it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so, I guess anyway. the stuff like that does... When you hear it and you, yeah, it does, if it's like slightly off, it does stick in your mind. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's almost it, a technique, isn't it? It definitely strikes me as a similar kind of thing um, here with Pussycat. It's one of those like tricky psychological tricks that you play no, on people. No, I don't think it's a trick. Yeah. I think they just, they just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, similarly here, um, similarly. Yeah, yeah. I never speaking how to say that speaking word. of perfect English. <laughs> Allow English is us your first to language test. display. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, talking about things that are kind of the same, uh, <laughs> uh, here we've got um, the lyrics to this song. Uh, Georgie, your love reminds me of a song. When it's new, you put it on, and it's refrain you remember. Georgie, but when a song's been often played, another song that has been made makes you forget what you liked the other day. So like it makes sense, but mm, it's you got to think about it's it. It's just ever so slightly off. You have to think yeah. about it a bit. Yeah, like the way that you have to think about Shakespeare. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You're saying I shouldn't be comparing Shakespeare to Pussycat. Okay, okay. Julie noted. <laughs> Let's listen to another one. Okay, this song is called "What Did They Do to the People." been away but please don't blame me that I'm back <laughs> you may be noticing a bit of an Americana theme all these songs um, throughout this album and throughout Pussycat's career are very influenced by Americana music country music um, in particular yeah this is one of the most American things I've ever heard and it yeah. is in no way American <laughs> this has a, a very like honky-tonk vibe Oh, I, um, I would describe it as toe tapping. It absolutely is toe yeah. tapping. It's just blowing. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Uh, you got the instrumentation, the instrument, you know, playing throughout this album is solid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's not a lot wrong with it. Like, they, they choose wisely as well. Like, there's sometimes there's like string sections and. Sometimes there's like really nice guitar bits. Um, yeah, 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 it's produced like, really listen to nicely. This solo. Yeah, the guitar, yeah. lead guitar, and this is great. You've also got that skiffle snare drum, which is just on point. It's mm, like true. humming along. Um, and the bass is really pulling its weight in this song too. Got some yeah. really nice little fills in there. It's really fun. Yeah. And then towards the end of the um, track, there's all these great like whoops and whistles in the back, yeah. like you're in a honky tonk. It's great. Um, and once again, you've got some some slightly weird lyrics. What did they do to the people? 
Who turns to you just to love you all day? What did they do to the people? I've seen enough. You can take me away. <laughs> I don't know what it means. That genuinely <laughs> really... makes no sense. That, and that's actually, <laughs> like, I did try and um, interpret what this song meant, but the, like, confusing nature of the lyrics meant that I'm not quite sure what it means. Like, what do you think it means? And then I can copy Look, the, your answer. The, yeah, the general... <laughs> I'll slide it to you under the desk. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> the general, like idea that I got was that it's it's nostalgic for something he wants to go back to a place where he once had fun mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all I could get from it I but don't know where the people no have gone I don't think he does either yeah. um, <laughs> but it's fun it's a vibe yeah <laughs> yeah I actually say. quite like that song <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's it's definitely like good fun and high energy and you know when the hand claps and the whistles and the yells in the final chorus come in i'm just like yeah hell yeah, yeah. like i want to stomp my cowboy boots uh-huh going to skip ahead um this is their big one this is the big track that made them famous their huge hit and this is called mississippi in my mind to like the lyric calling out a particular instrument and then that instrument getting a tiny solo like just the honky tonk guitar (laughs) Um, uh, off the top of my head another example is whenever Lou Bega calls out the trumpet in Mumbo number 5 and it is the trumpet (laughs) the trumpet Um, honestly it should happen in every song oh yeah every time you're about to have a solo I want it pointed out (laughs) yeah So this is the song that if you have heard of this band, you will remember this song. Again, the lyrics are so generic that they're almost meaningless. But basically, like the thesis is, how good is country music? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's like they're vaguely nostalgic for the place of Mississippi Mm -hmm. and also the the music of Mississippi and the vibe of Mississippi. Um, I think that the idea is that like good music, a place will stick in your mind for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they Uh, visited Mississippi very often? Well, I don't know if um, the writer Warner Tunison did, um, but I do know that in an interview in 2015, which was a little while ago, but... Mm. um, they asked Tony Willie, the lead singer, if she'd ever been to the United States at all, and she hadn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it, it, like, look, it, we all know that American, you know, culture is completely it pervasive. It is pervasive. Yeah. Everyone in the world sort of has a general idea of what That's Mississippi true. might be like. It may not be very true or real, but um, everyone's got an idea of what it might feel like. I think. Oh gosh, I I think that's quite funny, especially because like this song in the the chorus, I believe they they mention the place Greenville, 
as though yes. like everyone knows where Greenville is. But I had never <laughs> yeah. actually, I'd never heard of Greenville. And I looked it up. I had to look it up on Wikipedia. And so few things happen in Greenville that this song is one of the like notable notable instances of <laughs> <laughs> like pop culture. It's like the third thing. <laughs> the most notable thing I could find on that article. Um, the only name I really recognised was that Jim Henson was born in Greenville. Oh, the Muppets guy. Yeah, the Muppets guy. Oh, it's it's funny though because like the opposite of Muppets is potentially tenuous, but um, stick with me is potentially what is in the background of this um, video clip. Did you watch it? <laughs> Hang they on, do, like... the opposite of Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, very tenuous. You have to but take whatever. Me down this, Let's sail past. <laughs> And let me describe what is in the background as they're okay. performing this song. It is just essentially like, you know, a, a woman, like paper mache woman that is like, you know, three times as big as like a giant woman, but just with oh, yeah. like giant tits uncovered, yeah. just like kind of resting on, um, I think maybe half a coconut, but I really couldn't tell. And it's just like oh, okay. in the background. You know what I thought it was? was an ice cream sundae dish. And I think her gigantic oh. tits were supposed to be like scoops of ice like cream. Like scoops of ice cream. That's why they're <laughs> yeah. so perfectly spherical. Yes, yes. Yeah. Either well, way, pretty pretty wild like um, 70s set design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it makes me wonder, like, was it designed for them? Anyway, let's move past. I'm going to say not. Um, that, that was from a, a Dutch music show called Top Pop. And I'm going to say uh-huh. that that was probably a set design for maybe just their generic set design. And then it doesn't, everyone played. It doesn't really feel like this band specifically. Certainly not this song. <laughs> but can you believe that this song got to number one in like heaps of European countries and New Zealand and number two in Australia? Yeah, I can reckon I can believe it. It's, oh, it's okay. pretty catchy. Um, no. You're not as yeah, incredulous as I am. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> just naturally. It was number one in um, most European countries, including mm. the UK, um, in 1975 and 1976. It sold over 5 million copies worldwide. Um, and other sources that I've seen say 7 million. Wow. Uh, in 1976, it remained for four weeks at number one in on the UK singles chart. And in Germany. And from there, it was a hit all over Europe, Latin America, Australia, Africa, and Asia. That's a lot of success for... Yeah, it was absolutely massive. And it, it launched mm. this, this is, yeah, the the band's biggest hit. They went on to have some other hits with Georgie, which we heard at the start. Oh, yeah. Um, another song called Smile, which is um, on a reissue of this same album. Um, that was in 1976. Also a song called My Broken Souvenirs in 77, oh. Wet Day in September in 78, and Doing La Bamba in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> Once again on this song, you've got the Americana feel of instrumentation. I love mm. how it starts off on that beautiful slide guitar. It just feels yeah. instantly iconic. Yeah. Um, and you've got the beautiful harmonies of the Qualtrics sisters. Once again, um, it almost... it. Reminded me, especially the bass line throughout it sounds a bit like Blue Bayou, the Linda Ronstadt song. I feel like that's probably a very similar comparison um, Mm -hmm. of of music. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that song. Oh, cool. (laughs) Uh, Have we got another song to listen to today? Yeah, let's listen to one more. This is called Take Me. Once again, written by Werner Tunison. 
All the songs on this album were written by him, apart from one, which was a Moody Blues cover. Sometimes I feel a thunder when your eyes are watching me. Quietly, this is my favorite song on the album. Me too. Is I think it? this is definitely, yeah. definitely the best. Um, yeah, it's got a really great. I love that little hook there. Oh, me too. Lead into the just chorus. Like, it's like this like relentless beat, but it, like, did you just hear the like the gap just before the chorus? Like it like builds. Oh yeah, tension. that little just oh. like hanging tension. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like cool. a it's like a dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's got kind of a Latin kind of Mexican influence, which again is it's, it's got a little like flamenco guitar. Yeah. In line with the Americana feel. Mm. You got the uh, cowboy cowbell <laughs> cowboy. Cowbell cowboy on the cowbell. What I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> oh my do you wanna start again? No, fuck it. Um, <laughs> the cowbell is driving it throughout. Um, I like these nice perky drums. And the lovely Spanish guitar. The, I feel like the, the backup singers are particularly strong here. Like, it's not just the harmonies. They do this little, like, um, you know, call and answer thing almost, like, at this part of the song. It's so, so good. Yeah. Um, I was, like, so surprised to learn that this was just a B-side for Georgie. Yeah, I can't, I can't pick it because, like, to me, like, I rate this so much higher than Georgie. Yeah, me too. Like, I agree. Yeah, maybe a bit slow. Can I have this friend who has this theory that siblings always have the best harmonies? And whether oh, it's yeah? because they have spent their life practicing together or there's something naturally attuned in, you know, oh. genetically linked voices. Huh. But Like Haim. Haim um, is like really good. Haim, yeah. Yeah. There's also, I'm going to rattle some off for you. There's yeah. the Andrews sisters, the Everly okay. brothers, yes. the Beach boys. The Chicks, i.e. the formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. The oh, Courts. I did not know that they went through a um, name change, the Dixie Chicks. Oh, yeah, they dropped the Dixie because it's, oh, okay. you know, racist. Yeah. Oh, um, oh ooh. <laughs> There's a whole history. Yeah, okay. I'll let you Google that. All right, cool. <laughs> the Isley Brothers, Sister Sledge, and the Staple Singers are all fantastic examples of sibling harmonizers yeah and now we can add to that the kowalczyk sisters i reckon whoever your friend is uh is really onto something there and it's probably like a combination of both like you know they they have a similar like genetic structure which you know leads to similar like throats essentially and then um practicing together from a very young age yeah i love it i'm already um working on my kids being a family band <laughs> that is adorable. i'm gonna stage parent the shit out of them <laughs> we need to take a break but yes. when we come back uh we're gonna talk about our conclusions of first of all by pussycat what do we think about it and is it good maybe oh is, is it better than that sentence who knows find out next find out where i learn english next <laughs>
back to One Dollar Vinyl. You just heard another successful Dutch export, The Venger Boys, with Boom 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 Boom, a uh, song from 1998. <laughs> <laughs> boom 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 Boom. That's how you is say that it, right? When, that's, that's how boom, Crystal boom, Walker boom, boom, says boom. it. <laughs> and I am instantly back at my Year 7 Blue Light Disco, and I am loving, loving it. Loving it, yes. So, Kat, what did you think about... Pussycats, first of all. It was fine. Like, I I really enjoyed a couple of songs, uh, like, generally really solid, uh, like, harmonies and really solid vocals. The one, one of my, uh, like, criticisms is that all of the songs are too short. Like, they have this verse-chorus, verse-chorus um, uh, structure. And yeah. it's so simple and they they seem unfinished to me. I'm with you. I feel like some of them could be stretched either, yeah, like you say, just made a little bit longer or yeah. just, you know, dug a little bit deeper. Absolutely. Um, to make them feel a little bit more sort of true. Um, yeah. I feel like they're, they're doing that Americana, like, from the other side of the world mm. um, revival sort of thing and they're clearly... They know their source material. It felt, yeah, just like a little bit knowing that they are removed from the source material, especially when they're singing literally about American locations. Yeah. yeah. It just, yeah, I just wanted it to be like a little bit more authentic or something. Yeah, I don't want to hear them singing about the Mississippi River. I want to hear them singing about the Rhine or the, the Musa. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had, I had to Google you it. you with your Dutch knowledge. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was nearly impressed. Yeah, I I actually also think it's a bit funny that the two like big hits hits. Um, personally, I don't think they are the strongest on the album. I think that there are other more catchy songs. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. I think yeah, like you say, musically, musically throughout this record, it's it's solid. Mm. They've all done their job very well. It's, I like how it's kind of perfectly imperfect. Like it is, it is really nicely produced, and there's these. Like it's quite lush production with the strings, and there's a few mm. like musical surprises in there. And there's a song with some bazooki in there somewhere, which is, you know, just like that little left of field stuff does make it. It's a Greek instrument. Oh, it doesn't you know, that, that, fire like, rockets. Traditional folk, oh. <laughs> yeah. and it fires rockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like that. There's it's not totally smooth and perfect. There's little rough edges and little wobbles here and there, which makes mm. it feel quite real and approachable. But yeah, I wish they dared to say a little bit more, particularly lyrically. It just sounds, like you say, a little bit generic. It's like maybe those, um, you know how people have like magnetic words that they create sentences on, <laughs> yeah. of, like on their on fridge. Their fridge yeah. So I was just like taking a handful and just like slapped them down on a table. Just like, there you go. I do like how it, it just feels like nicely 70s and suburban it's a little bit daggy it's not the coolest stuff to come out of the 70s but like a like a casserole in a corningware dish there's a certain amount of comfort there (laughs) is it good enough and comforting enough that it will stay in your collection i don't think i'm gonna give this many more listens Mm -hmm. it's like i really enjoyed it but then i feel like i'm done with it okay how about you well no no thank you um you can not for you you Yeah, give it back to your mum. Okay. <laughs> what would you pay for it? Uh, a couple of dollars. Yeah. I'd pay two dollars. Yeah. I think that's two. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to Pussycats, first of all. Uh, we would like to know what you think of it. Do you remember it? Do you think it's good? Do you think we're bad? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> you can search um, $1 Vinyl on Facebook, Instagram, um, or on Twitter. You can email us at $1Vinyl at gmail.com. Um, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And you can subscribe to the podcast. It costs you nothing, but it'll make us happy. Join us next time to listen to the vocalese stylings of the Manhattan Transfer. And until then, as Pussycat says... I'm not a record you can play and turn it on. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, see you later. Alligator. Alligator.